messing me up my whole head Teasing me just like Tika did Martin Now look at what you starting Schoolboy crushing it ain't on the hush The whole world see it but you can't uh. My peoples they complain sitting raving rant Come on. Your name is out my mouth like an ancient chant Got me like a dog as a poison pen Four for four.com's DFS MVP. Welcome to episode 143. I'm Holden Kushner and here with our director of DFS, TJ Hernandez. TJ, before we get going, little tribe called Quest. Thank you. I knew you would like this one. I think we've officially done at least one tribe song every year for the past four years. We hadn't done one this year yet. So uh, got a little tribe in there. Find a way from the 1998 album, The Love Movement. As always, you can find that intro song on our Spotify playlist. It's called DFS MVP. Just search DFS MVP on Spotify or look for it on my Twitter. Before we get into everything today, what I've been doing the past few weeks, playing Underdog, new released format of their snake draft. It's called Battle Royale. These are one-week snake drafts. You not only play against teams in your draft, you play against teams from other drafts in a tournament-style structure. Search Underdog Fantasy in the App Store or go to underdogfantasy.com and use the code 4 for 4 That's the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, to let them know that we sent you. Very good. Here's what we're doing today. We got Week 10 value plays. We always give the core. Mm. And every year, I enjoy this one, exploiting recent player trends. Mm -hmm. This is going to give you... This is going to give you a lot of information that's going to help your process this week. Just as simple as that. And then you can apply it as the season goes on. Yep. Absolutely. It's one of my, uh, one of the, I think like the halfway points, this is always fun to, to do deep data digs. Good. Let's deep data dig. Also, if you haven't signed up yet, what are you waiting for? 25% off with the code DFS MVP, 49 bucks for the rest of the season. Yeah. That's without the, that's without the discount. That's without the discount. What's with the discount? Discount you bucks. Get an extra twenty five percent off with yeah, the code so DFS like, MVP. Yeah, I can't do a math very well, but yeah. it seems like it's like forty dollars. Yeah, 40? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. Okay, and you get the Discord channel too, which is very, very valuable because you get to actually talk to TJ, not just listen to him. <laughs> yeah. Do you we, ever do an AMA in there? We do that. We do AMAs every Saturday. Um, every Saturday at um, three p.m. Uh, Pacific time. I got to drop right, in there. Yeah. Right after we, we do them there, then because that's when I do my, uh, my ownership and leverage update Saturday morning. So I go straight from that, give myself a little bit of time to digest it, see what I think. And then, like I said, it's like, it's like this, um, updated with, it's a lot more tournament talk. Um, just cause I think by then a lot of people kind of know what we've talked about, uh, cash plays. So, I, I kind of liken it to a, a premium tournament version of the DFS MVP. Well, do they ask you personal questions? Oh, yeah. yeah. We always have a little whiskey talk, a little food talk, a um, right. little music talk. But, you know, people are there for the football first. But we always have a few pop in that, that break up the monotony with the uh, with with a little liquor, a little booze, a little music. Do you ever do you ever partake? I mean, are you just drinking and having a, a good time? I feel like you have to be so Oh man, by them. no, no, by by Saturday, I think like right when that AMA starts uh-huh. is when I'm I'm kind of thinking about my first beer for the week. So nice. if 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 everything's going smoothly, sometimes I'll pop one right when that AMA starts and nice. then uh, and then just ride that right into building lineups on on Saturday night 
and then the uh, the old classic hungover build on Sunday morning. Here we go. Just know this: you don't have to worry about quarterback on Sunday morning. <laughs> no, man. Just play Kyler Murray at eighty-eight on Fanduel, eight thousand on DK versus Buffalo. With with Mike Davis this week, yeah. and maybe another other play that's a nice value. You you got come on. What yes. did you say he was averaging? His floor is 23, and that's like Aaron Rodgers' average this year? Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, Kyler Murray has scored at least 23.1 fantasy points in every game this season. Aaron Rodgers, whatever, he's the quarterback five or six or whatever. He's just, That's his average for the year. Kyler Murray's floor is Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Like possible MVP candidate Aaron Rodgers, that's his average fantasy. It's it's crazy. It's um, it's it's Lamar Jackson-esque from, from last year. Uh the i mean he's he's rushing like crazy 70 yards per game so he's he's eighth in the league in rushing yards not a quarterback he's eighth in the league in rushing yards across all positions um so he's he's basically giving you almost two passing touchdowns of uh of fantasy scoring just with his legs and then this is uh looking like a a shootout against buffalo um minus two is the spread in favor of the cardinals the 56 point over-under means that the Cardinals are projected for 29 points. Obviously, Kyler, uh, in all likelihood, is going to account for all, if not, it not, if not most of those touchdowns. He's been getting it done on the ground, but he's also been scoring through the air. Multiple touchdowns through the air in five of his last six games. Uh, I mean, we know what Buffalo can do. They went on a little bit of a dry spell for a few weeks, but then we saw them bounce back in a big way last week against Seattle. Uh, Josh Allen could check it with the best of them, and both of these offenses uh, play up-tempo. Both. This is actually the only game of the week with two offenses that rank in the top 10 in uh, neutral pace. That's football outsiders' neutral pace ranking. So like you said, with the affordable running back salaries, um, the it's it's pretty easy to pay up for him obviously in our write-ups we're going to give alternate suggestions here we're going to give alternate suggestions but if you're playing cash games I, I don't know how you don't just throw kyle like lock button kyler and cash this week you have to then yeah and the other one is Derek carr 6800 fanduel mm-hmm. 5400 DraftKings, high total Nice matchup. Uh, I think Shelby Harris is going to miss this game. He's mm-hmm. in the, the COVID protocol, too. So the pass rush takes another hit for Denver. Come on. In the GPP, this is... I think he's going to be kind of popular, isn't he? For cash, too? I, I don't know. Don't go, Murray? No? I, don't, I don't know because it's it's a kind of a hard week to get away from the top passers. Like, I think a lot... the Obviously, you have the salary relief. Um, but it's going to... If you're not on Murray, it's going to be hard to, like sure you want to save but it's going to be hard not to be on josh allen in the same game as murray to be on deshaun watson in a really good spot against cleveland to be on uh aaron Rodgers in a good spot against jacksonville i think he's more expensive on DraftKings. i'm not sure but still there's just all of these um quarterbacks he's 100 less than kyler on DraftKings, so that wouldn't make sense but there's just all these quarterbacks in like really really good spots he's really efficient passers so i don't know if people are going to outweigh the benefits of the salary saving for somebody like car and cash to um, like bypass all of those great passers. And then on top of it, Tua is a pretty good value too. Like you're probably going to see them valued similarly Tua and, and car um, in, in at four for four, probably other places too. So I don't know if car will be popular in cash. And then with all those other quarterbacks and good offenses, I just mentioned, 
obviously quarterback ownership kind of cannibalizes each other a little bit. Like you never see a 20% owned quarterback. So I, I think probably even in this good spot, uh, you could get car. You probably can get car at, at sub 10%, like a very ceiling 10% in GPPs. Um, but he is like the, the pay down option. If you want to do it in cash games, 68 on Fandle, 5,400 on DraftKings, Uh, and then the Raiders, they're, Projected total is, is over 28, but like I said, I just think they're going to end up going overshadowed by some of these more sexy offenses, and it makes sense. I mean, Gruden wants to run. If you look at their their neutral rates or their uh, pace rates, they're going to be some of the lowest in the league in terms of passing or in terms of pace, but Carr, when given the chance, I mean, he didn't have ceiling games in the last two weeks in, in similarly good matchups, but we've seen him have a ceiling game this year against Kansas City, a very good secondary, and he's been very efficient. He's tied with Josh Allen, actually, um, in fantasy points per pass attempt. They're both seventh in fantasy points per pass attempt. He just hasn't really had that volume yet. The reason I think it could happen this week against Denver is because if we look at those neutral game scripts, offenses are throwing at the third highest rate in the league against Denver. Denver ranks 24th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position. So with all of that, we have Carr as a top two value on DraftKings, um, where that salary saving is a little bit more important. On FanDuel, where you can get away with paying up for quarterback and still kind of doing whatever you want this week, he's a top five value still. Yeah, so when Denver's down, you know, 31 to three in the fourth quarter, Drew Locke will just con- throw to his concentrated passing game, too. So yeah. if you want to come back with Tim Patrick, KJ oh, yeah. Hamler, of course, Judy, Oof. who blew up last week. But I think the the other two guys are still getting nine targets apiece. We, <laughs> you know? Yeah, we, we should. I mean, we, we don't pat ourselves on the back two months, but we called Judy a cash play last week, and he ended yeah. up in like – he was only like a 10% owned wide receiver in GPPs. So uh, hopefully people had – had some Judy there. Yep, had a lot of Judy last week. We did talk about him. We had a nice long discussion about him. Let's go to running back this week. The reason why we're going to have a higher cut line is because Mike Davis mm-hmm. is 99.9 repeating going to start this week. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. 5,400 Fanduel, 4,000 on DK against Tampa Bay. Interestingly enough, though, if you just play, what is that, the early slate? Yeah, the, the uh, NFC's early slate. If you just play the early slate, he's $6,700 on DK. Yeah, and the reason is because we have a five-game slate and a six-game slate. So usually it's like eight and three or something like that. Every once in a while we get like an eight and four. Um, We have more games on the late slate than we do on on the early slate. So this is actually like – I actually don't think there's going – even though we have a couple quote-unquote free squares, I don't think it's – a week where we're gonna have a ton of lineup overlap because the values outside of the cheap running backs aren't super obvious like we'll have kyler mike davis and then i, I think you'll see a lot of differing uh opinions on how you felt the lineup yeah so I, I i'm not like necessarily splitting slates because i think there's gonna be a lot of overlap i just think it's a good week to split slates because you have a five game slate and a six game slate like those are pretty decent sized slates so you can you know you if even if you don't want to play mass head to head you can play a decent amount of of double ups on on all three slates slates main early and late and uh, feel pretty comfortable and then also obviously gpp so this is um and th- that assumes of course you don't have masters action I actually think that's why the games are pushed back cuz the masters is is this week sir you would be correct yeah, they so. are they all the cbs games are in the late window 
They are going to try and make sure that the tournament no. <laughs> is, is done at least yeah. an hour beforehand. Yeah. At least an hour beforehand. Well, I'll tell you this much. The NFL is going to make sure they move their, their butts. <laughs> yeah. And if it doesn't happen, I bet you that they would push it back to Monday. So <laughs> don't worry about it. The NFL yeah. is getting played on it time. Is, it is. Uh, it is very interesting, but it, the anyway. The point is, you can have uh, you can have a lot of uh, different uh, sweats going, and it's going to be a really fun Sunday uh, with with the way this, the games are split up. But back to business. Um, Mike Davis on the main slate, fifty four hundred Fanduel, four thousand uh, dollars. DraftKings, as you said, like the news already today. I don't think CMC's officially out, but they've said everything except for that he's, he's officially out. Yeah. Um, we saw Mike Davis. I mean, he had a, a couple down games uh, because he wasn't getting a ton of work in the passing game before CMC came back, but he wasn't losing backfield work. I mean, they were using Curtis Samuel in, in some packages, but Mike Davis is still like 85 90% backfield touch share guy. Uh, the situation isn't ideal. The Buccaneers are favored by four and a half against Carolina, and Tampa Bay is very good against the run. They're fourth in schedule just to fantasy points allowed to the position in cash games you're playing a four thousand dollar 20 touch running back every single time not thinking about it don't care about matchup obviously in gpps there are some cheap pivots i'm um, not all the way down at four thousand dollars on DraftKings, but there are some cheap guys you can you can play instead of davis he isn't the i don't think he's the uh the lock in no matter what have 90 percent share in gpps free score this week our next uh, man up is part of a running game that has just not been able to get on track. Mm -hmm. But guess what? The better running back gets to start this week <laughs> in all likelihood, yeah. right? Because David Johnson is still in protocol. So Duke Johnson, the, the guy that should be starting, gets to start. So we'll see if the running game actually is as bad as it is with David Johnson. 5,800 FanDuel, 5K on DK at Cleveland. Dude's about to get another 20 touches. Yeah, not as um, again, not not perfect like game script or, or situation, but a little bit better than the Mike Davis situation. Uh, obviously, Duke Johnson's a little more expensive, a thousand more expensive on DraftKings, four hundred more expensive on FanDuel. Uh, the Texans are underdogs, but it's three and a half, and this game has a fifty-two and a half point over/under, so there should be a lot of scoring opportunities. We know, um, even though their run game isn't great, if you're getting twenty touches in an offense that can move the ball effectively, which the Texans definitely can with Deshaun Watson and those receivers, at the very least, you're going to have your offense is going to be close to the goal line. That's good for your running back. So even though David Johnson wasn't doing a ton, or he he was decent, but wasn't doing a ton with his 20-ish touches per game. Duke Johnson, again, you're going to get a 20 touchback at sub-6K on FanDuel at 5K on DraftKings. Um, you play that pretty much every time. I don't see a scenario. I mean, again, it's only Wednesday night. Uh, I don't see a scenario where I'm not playing these two guys together in cash games on both sides. Mm, that's just going to open everything up, and yeah. that leads us to our next guy. And you know, hopefully he gets at least uh, he gets he gets a nice workload. Hopefully he gets like twenty touches because Green Bay is just crushing Jacksonville and Jamal Williams doesn't take the the goal line work or the inside the five work and mm. boom we got Aaron Jones at eighty eight hundred on Fanduel seventy one hundred on DraftKings. Aaron Jones is the epitome of chalk this week. 
Yeah, he's going to be um, very high owned because the Packers are in a really good spot. They're 13 and a half point favorites against one of the worst defenses in the league, the Jaguars. So the starting running back for that offense that's expected to score a ton of points, they have the highest implied total of the week, uh, right around 33. Saw 20 touches in his first game back in action after the injury. Uh, that guy with the available running backs uh, this week, he is going to be very popular. Um, I, I don't think after Mike Davis, like it's not going to be like a Alvin Kamara chalk week where Aaron Jones is like 40%, but I think he'll be in the 25 to 30% range in, in tournaments on both sides. Still um, very high, and, and obviously he is – plenty of a floor play um, in cash games. He's actually the only running back on this slate, um, not in the league, but on this slate besides Kamara that has at least 10 half PPR points in every single game that they've played. Uh, if the only, So one decision point that you might come to, assuming you're playing Davis Johnson and then Kyler, is if you're going to pay up all the way it might be paying up for Aaron Jones or paying up for his teammate, who we're going to talk about in a second. I will say with Aaron Jones, even though he saw 20 touches last week, that was only 59% of the backfield work. So like you mentioned, hopefully Jamal Williams doesn't get involved. I do think Aaron Jones, after how good Jamal Williams played in his absence, is a little bit riskier. I'm not saying he's a fade, a little bit riskier than he was three or four weeks ago. Hmm. Jamal Williams and a GPP, maybe. Wide receiver. So if we're going to go with the running game there, we're going to go back to Devontae Adams. Maybe. Does he get his 10 targets in two and a half quarters? I I mean, it's, I kind of just always lean on the idea, especially with a guy like Devontae. But if it gets to the point where, a team isn't even thinking about throwing anymore. They're blowing another team out by that much. I'm assuming all of the studs did all the things that we need them to do in mm-hmm. fantasy to get to that point. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to fade Devonte on the, the uh, blowout potential here. And the, we have Devonte Adams as the top value on FanDuel across, across all positions, a top two value across all positions on DraftKings. You don't see that ever. It's We might have seen it once with Michael Thomas last year, but when you look at the value report across all positions, it's almost always a quarterback or running back. It's almost never a wide receiver, and especially a wide receiver priced all the way up at 9500 9000 uh, That is insane. So I think going back to that point about Aaron Jones, this is um, obviously not in line with – common lineup building theory but if i am in a position where i have my salary saved up and i want to pay up for running back or want to pay up for a receiver i don't think i can get away from paying up for Devonte if i'm trying to make that decision this week um like our pay up running backs are aaron jones or alvin Kamara, or then you pay up for your receiver Devonte adams and cash i'm i think i'm going wide receiver over running back now obviously that is risky and goes against the theory because of the volume, but there just isn't any receiver that's close to Adams right now. Um, over the last month, a 37% target share, 27 Fanduel points in three straight games, 30 plus DraftKings points in three straight games. 
leads the league in targets inside the 10, and he's played like three less games than almost everybody. Jacksonville allows the most fantasy points per pass attempt to opposing passers. So there's a quarterback who has been one of the most efficient passers in the league. He's playing the least efficient pass defense in the league. So I, Devontae is uh, he's the, the top guy that I'm going to uh, – if I eat it on salary this week, it's going to be with Devontae. DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. We don't have AJ Brown this week. Just guys that score every single week. Let's see here: <laughs> AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Devonte Adams, McLaurin, Fuller. Who am I missing here? There's just guys that score every single week, and he's always got a chance at two. At two, like yeah, maybe maybe just... maybe throw Kelsey in there. Kirk is starting to do oh, that now. Man. Christian Kirk. I haven't even looked down that far. The list there, yeah, yeah it's, he's Christian Kirk's another guy. Brandon Cooks. There's so many mid-tier wide receiver options this week. Receiver's that is fun. gonna that is gonna keep the ownership down. Yeah, there's I just ha- a lot of options. I don't, um, I haven't published ownership yet. Uh, I had to stop for us to start recording, but I, I don't have outside of Devonte. It looks like ownership's going to be like you said, like it's gonna be. Everyone's kind of gonna eat into each other. I don't. I don't know if we'll have three wide receivers over 20% this week. Stefan Diggs, 7,900 FanDuel, 7,500 DK. On FanDuel, does he finally get, get going in the touchdown department? He's only got one. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's variance. He's getting the workload that uh, we would expect him to. He's, he, he gets used in every fast of the passing game. And I talked about not having many receivers over 20% if – John Brown is out this week, which I don't think he's going to be. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but he played and saw a huge workload um, on Sunday. So I I think it's just precautionary. But if for some reason John Brown ends up not playing, then Stephon Diggs will probably be one of those receivers that breaks that 20% ownership mark. Uh, 7,900 Fandle, 7,500 DraftKings. Second in target share over the last month uh, behind only Devonte Adams. We mentioned Kyler Murray in the top uh, of the show. They're playing the Bills. This is going to be a shootout. Uh, we saw Josh Allen get back on track. He loves Stephon Diggs, and and they uh, they got a thing going on, and it's going to continue all year. So in in this high scoring game, uh, you want Diggs everywhere if you can. You made me a little uncomfortable saying that, TJ. <laughs> I was Damn, did they look it, good last week? Uh, I hadn't warmed up my voice yet. Hey, seriously, what what do you think happened during that three game stretch where Allen was he averaged like fifteen and a half points from weeks five to eight, was it, or something like that, and and then blowing up last week? What was going on there? Well, I mean, he definitely ran into some tough matchups. He has been very um, uh, matchup uh, dependent um, going back to last year, and then obviously this year. And then John Brown wasn't there, man. Like, this offense is predicated on having one of the reasons I was big on not just Josh Allen, but this offense going into the year is not because of Diggs by himself, not because of Brown by themselves, but because of those two guys together. They're they're both amazing route runners. They're both legit deep threats, and they cause a lot of problems when they're on the field together. And, And... Obviously, they were playing against Seattle last week, who everybody's been beating up on through the air. But when you have Diggs and Brown on the field together, it is a nightmare. And, I mean, Brown is – he's probably the most underrated receiver of 
of the last five years. I'm, I'm sure there's a couple of guys I'm, I'm not thinking of, but he's up there for sure. Um, so obviously Allen was struggling. His, his accuracy was off in that stretch. I think he got in his head a little bit. Uh, it looked like, I, I, I don't have the numbers um, for design runs, it looked like they went, they kind of regressed to last year where they were leaning on the design runs a little bit more. And then um, we saw again last week, they, they bounced right back. They all of us, they have a tough playoff schedule, but I'm for, for fantasy purposes, but from now until week 13, they have one of the softest quarterback schedules. So don't be surprised to see Josh Allen get, um, get back. Maybe not in the MVP talk, but uh, at least up there in like that, in that Kyler Russell range for the, for the rest of the regular uh, fantasy season. And then uh, Jody, do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? I don't. I oh, have, but I don't watch it regularly. It up Judy, the doll. It was the doll. Mm. It was a doll. It was just. A, I'm sure I'm getting yelled at through uh, you podcast should. apps right now. A lot of people should just be screaming at you. <laughs> 5,800 FanDuel, 5,600 DraftKings. We talked about the Raiders side. You could bring it back with Judy. Again, I'm not against Hamler or Patrick myself. I don't think they, they nearly have the upside that this guy does, though. Man, that connection's starting to get going here, at least in the second half of games. Yeah, and with with rookies, I feel like we don't want to wait to see like a month of it happen. Like Judy is, he was drafted as one of the best receivers coming out, and often we see. Obviously, we've seen some some receivers in the last couple of years, uh, rookies pop right away. But historically, it takes them a little bit of time to get going, and and we saw it like with uh, with the Debo Samuel last year. He didn't pop till the second half. Like, there's always rookies that pop in the second half, and Jerry Judy. We only have a two game sample of him dominating, but I just don't see the his pedigree why it all of a sudden just stops. So I'm kind of surprised not to see him, not even just four for four, but across the industry early like glance. I don't see him popping in models or, or in how people are talking, but he is still pretty cheap. 5,800 Fandle, 5,600 DraftKings. And you mentioned the other guys, Tim Patrick and um, KJ Hamlin getting, getting, getting work, Hamlin, but yeah. that's why I like to look at these, these share numbers, right? Because it, it, um, it takes away any type of inflated volume that, that might come up because of, of situation. Six in air yard share over the last two weeks. Uh, over 25% of team targets over the last two weeks. Actually leads the league in total air yards over the last two weeks. Double-digit targets in the last two weeks. So, like, he is quickly turning into the alpha, and we just have to ride that. Why do we want to wait to see four weeks of it? By then, it's, he's going to be $7,000 play him now while people are still kind of questioning it well here's one thing that i do in redraft is i draft rookie wide receivers normally and you know after that conversation with raybon completely <laughs> yep. changed the way i did it cd lamb guy. helped me well he's he's brilliant <laughs> cd lamb worked out in the first half but now yep. judy's coming on mm-hmm. we got some other guys that are and I, I, th- I still think gilbert might be able to get to to lamb it was a couple connections last week but I digress. Shout Where out to we? Chris Raybon. If you if you listen Shout to out. this, we know you yeah. love Chris Raybon. Yeah. He's a man. Yeah. Yeah, we love we love Raybon. He's so smart. And let's move on. Hmm? How about that? Sound good? Good. I like it. Tight end. TJ Hawkinson. Sixty two hundred Fandle. Fifty one hundred DraftKings against the Washington football team. 
Hmm. Uh, tight end got ugly really fast, didn't hmm. it? Like hmm. we we had early season, uh, we had the Gseckis, we had the Andrews, we had all these guys that we were excited about. Looked like it was going to be a, a deep position, and it's uh, it is back to nothing with Kittle hurt with uh, Kelsey off the main slate. Um, we got Darren Waller priced up, but if you're looking for value, Hawkinson is a nice little discount since uh, the Lions buy. Hawkinson's averaging over seven targets per game, fourth at tight end in targets per game, second in end zone targets in that span. Uh, I think Galladay's still going to be out this week. I didn't see any practice report from Detroit because I was looking for uh, info on Stafford as well. Obviously, if Stafford doesn't play, Hawkinson takes a little bit of a hit. But with Galladay out, he is their de facto number one. Um, So even if... Uh, it is Chase Daniel. I, I don't know that I'm necessarily off of Hawkinson. Washington's 26 in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. And, I mean, you you scroll down the list this week, and it is ugly at tight end. Ugly. There's no Kelsey. It's just Waller. and you know, Waller, I don't even feel comfortable playing him on FanDuel a lot of weeks. It's just yeah. I mean, uh, the the Raiders like he his volume is is through the roof. I mean, his his nine targets per game is uh, tops in the league at the position. But and he has been getting the work near near the goal line. But it's just how much are the Raiders going to throw in any given week? And if they do, isn't going to be near the goal line. So yeah, on, on Fanduel, uh, he is a it's it's really tough to roster him. Yep, no doubt about that. And the other guy is Evan Ingram. I think he'll be pretty popular. It's it's him and Ebron right there, basically on, on DK. I think Ebron's four four. He's four five on DK. Evan Ingram's four five. He's fifty six hundred on FanDuel, and he's he's getting the volume, is what it is. Yeah, the Ebron is the the reason I didn't I didn't mention any Steelers and anything I've written this week. Obviously, we're not going to know one hundred percent on Big Ben until Saturday. He has to clear all the tests, so. That would obviously swing things in in a major way. Uh, So for now, Evan Ingram, 5,600 Fandle, 4,500 DK, nine-plus targets in three straight games, uh, 30% target share in two of those three games. So, again, not just like an inflated target number um, because the Giants were throwing a lot. He was accounting for most of the Giants' targets. The Eagles, 31st in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh tight ends and i yeah like you said he'll be popular i don't even know who else gobbles up ownership this week besides the guys we've mentioned hawkinson ingram waller um maybe tunyon because green bay is gonna be high scoring but like he hasn't been consistent yeah i just don't know who else ownership goes to this week just ebron will have some Yes, yeah, for sure. Right? Ebron. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I don't as, think you as go long back as, to Fant. As long as Big Ben plays. You don't go back to Fant. He got it banged up again last week. Um, so Goddard, Ingram, Goddard, Goddard could, could get a little get bit of um, traction going into Sunday. I think you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. And then Logan Thomas coming off a week. I wouldn't touch him. Jordan Aikens at 2-9. He almost caught a touchdown last week, but... I don't think we need salary relief like that, do we? Yeah, I just don't know. With the running backs, I don't think we need to um, go with the full-on punt. Defense. Uh, Paulson has this team, I think, number one overall for this uh, this week. And I love the Saints, too. 4,500 FanDuel, 3,000 on DK. So he's, he's barely mid-range going up against San Francisco. Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard, I mean, they're just a, they're a disaster. 
Yeah, usually on on uh, on both sides really, but um, you see salary reflective of uh, the line, like the the biggest favorites, usually the most expensive. So the Saints are interesting because on on uh, Fanduel, if you look at them and the Packers, the two biggest favorite, forty five hundred are the Saints. Green Bay's forty eight hundred on DraftKings. Saints are three thousand dollars, and Green Bay is all the way up at thirty-seven hundred dollars. So the two biggest favorites—a really big gap on DraftKings. So that's why we see um, both of them as good values on Fanduel, but only the Saints as a good value on DraftKings. Favored by nine, the Saints' pass rush is top three in adjusted sack rate, and uh, Nick Mullins isn't going to turn it over at a crazy high rate, but he's not going to turn it over at a crazy low rate either. I mean, anytime you can get a um, a backup passer, I think it's a, a pretty good spot to get that value defense. I mean, yeah, $3,000 on DraftKings for a nine-point favorite is a, a really, really good value. Do you like the Raiders against Drew Locke because he's reckless <laughs> and likes to turn the ball over at 3,500 Fandle and 2,500 DraftKings? Yeah, teams, because of, of a lot because of Drew Locke, teams have scored the second most um, adjusted points defenses have against the Broncos. The Raiders are, uh, they're just mispriced. Again, going back to uh, relative to the point spread, the Raiders are the fourth biggest favorite on the main slate, but they're priced as the 18th defense on FanDuel and the 14th defense on DK. So that that indicates a a pretty big uh, inefficiency. And then especially on on DraftKings where like, it seems like every week it's that, that 2,500-ish, 2,700-ish defense that's making things work uh, in in cash games or in tournaments. Uh, Denver allowing the second-highest pressure rate in the league, according to Sports Info Solutions. I already mentioned how many points they're giving up. And the Raiders are the top value on FanDuel on 4 for 4 top two value on DraftKings. I like it. Well, uh, you know, TJ... I love snake drafts and you love snake drafts and we all have big prizes, but we don't have, we don't really love the big entry fees. Well, you do, (laughs) but not here, not in this instance for multi-week contests. Listen, underdog fantasy just released an all new format for their snake drafts called battle Royale. And in battle Royale, you draft a one week team that you normally would. instead of competing against the other teams in your specific draft, you compete with teams from other drafts. This way, the pool, you all pull the the prizes together. They offer big tournament-style payouts. Keep the live snake draft format alive. So if you think this is your week and you can draft the best team, try Battle Royale. Offers the big upside of a normal snake draft that they can't do with a normal snake draft. Prizes used to only be attainable in season-long or salary cap tournaments. First Battle Royale is already up in the Underdog app and website. $5 to enter. $25,000 $25,000 prize pool pays out five grand to first place. We are going to do our game theory here with recent player trends, which is always very helpful mm-hmm. as we've just got past the midway point of the season. Although I can still envision a scenario where we're playing 18 weeks, which will be mm. unfortunate on one hand and fortunate on another hand. And then that would expand the playoffs to eight teams on each side, but I digress. Let's look at some recent player trends, TJ. And what are we going to look at and why? Uh, So I like to do this every time uh, right around this time of year because this is uh, 
it's just a really interesting point in the season where we finally have a not finally like we've had a decent sample for a while but i think like eight or nine games is where we can be pretty confident in our data uh, but also kind of at that uh, fluctuating point where we can maybe be overconfident. Uh, things change really fast in the NFL, and, and things that happened early in the season might not necessarily carry as much weight uh, at this point. So even though we like to work with the biggest samples possible, I think it's really important to, to break up our data. And, and sure, when we do that, we'll be using some arbitrary endpoints and uh, and you, you might come to some, uh, some wrong conclusions, but I think more likely you're going to look at how things are trending and you're going to give yourself an edge in a sport that it's really f hard to find an edge in the research. And I think the most basic user, or at least the user that is working hard but not like digging into this stuff every single day every hour of every day like we are uh they're they're going to look at readily available data uh, they're obviously going to look at things like lineup optimizers and value reports and stuff but if they're doing their own research they're probably not making their own research they're probably looking at season-long numbers they're looking at who has the most touches per game who is like maybe they'll look at a target share but they'll look at season target share but to like drill down and see how these things are changing, I think that can really give us um, some insight into how we can jump ahead of the field. I mean, I talked about it with Jerry Judy earlier, right? Like don't wait until we have four or five weeks of data and then everybody knows like what are some trends that people aren't on yet and how can we take advantage of that? Last week we spent, I, th I think we spent three straight weeks saying Miles Sanders is going to happen, Miles Sanders is going to happen. And it, it took longer than we wanted. It, it didn't happen the first time we saw the trend starting. But because we were looking at these shorter uh, time blocks, we were able to recognize things like that. We were able to recognize the Jerry Judys, the Miles Sanders of the world. And uh, this exercise that we're go, go through to, today or, or tonight, whenever you're listening to this, is exactly what I do to, uh, and you do too, to spot these uh, these potential breakout players. So what I did is I just basically looked at the last four weeks of data, volume, play volume, whatever it might be, and compared it to the first four or five weeks, depending on uh, when the team's buy was or how many games they've played or whatnot. But basically, first half so far versus the second half so far, see if we have any big discrepancies. So let's go to QB, dude. Yeah. What's the passing trends we got so far in these recent weeks? And what's the sample again? Uh, so I, I compared basically the... I tried to compare the last four games to the first four games. Okay. It's going to have some variance with teams, obviously. Some have played nine, some have played eight. Um, so it's it's as close to the first half of the season so far compared to the second half of the season so far. Uh, so with quarterbacks, obviously, you're you're not going to look at, at raw volume or, or obviously they don't have targets, but like you would with um, running backs or, or pass catchers. But... One thing that I do really like looking at is how teams are calling plays, how they're using their quarterbacks, and if they're letting efficient quarterbacks expand their uh, options, if they're they're letting Russ cook, so to speak. So I look at passing rates in neutral game script. Obviously, overall passing rates, the reason we always mention neutral, overall passing rates can really be determined by game script. If teams are 
winning, they're going to run more. If teams are losing, they're going to pass more. So I'd like to look at um, one-score games. Uh, we Sometimes we could take out things like the last two minutes of halves or whatever, but usually just looking at one-score games give us, us a good enough idea of what a team's intention is in terms of their run-pass splits. So I looked at teams that had the biggest gaps from the first few weeks to the last few weeks. So the teams that have increased their passing rates the most over the last month the chargers are up 10.6 percent neutral passing game script uh over the first five weeks they had the third lowest neutral rate passing rate over the last month the ninth highest neutral passing rate rams they're also up about 10 percent. they were bottom 10 uh the first five weeks of the season in terms of neutral passing rate their top five over the last month. That one's really interesting to me. And then San Francisco flip-flop. They're actually down about 13%. Wow. Um, yeah, they had the, the – so that was – I think a lot of people didn't even realize, like everyone was saying, Niners are run-heavy, Niners run-heavy because of last year. And then over the first five weeks, they were actually throwing a neutral game script at the eighth highest rate. Now it's down to the third lowest passing rate over the last month. Nobody's healthy. Yeah, Nobody's exactly. healthy – Quarterback changes. Uh, well, who are they down to? McKinnon and Richie yeah. James. Yeah. Hasty. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hasty's a wide receiver, but I mean, or no, no, no. Um, no James Hasty's is a wide receiver, yeah. but Hasty yeah. was a disaster last week. Yeah, man, he was a it's, mess. Yeah, uh, it's a tough, right, tough team to figure out. What does it mean for this week? Uh, so I think the Chargers. Everybody is kind of aware of at this point. The switch to Justin Herbert has really boosted that offense and their passing efficiency so people are are have uh, they adjusted to that one really quick the rams are a very interesting one to for me this week because they play seattle and if you look at uh the rams overall for the season those first five weeks that i mentioned where they're bottom 10 in in uh rushing uh i'm sorry passing rate neutral game script it really uh still carries a lot of weight for whatever reason. I don't know if they just haven't had a lot of neutral game script plays in the last month, but they're still like bottom 10 overall in uh, passing rate in neutral game script. But they're actually, they actually play up in pace and they're, if you like, we're really drilling down into the numbers. It looked like there could be potential for a trap with Rams because it looks like overall they're running at such a high rate. And Seattle's defense, even though they've given up a ton of fantasy points to the passing game, um, they haven't allowed like super efficient passing. They're allowing a touchdown rate under 5% through the air. They've just faced a ton of volume. Like they're on, they're, they're going to set, if they stay on this pace, they're going to blow away the record for most passes ever faced. They're on pace to face like 740 passes or something, and the record 660. Um, but the point is, like, the Rams have actually adjusted, a little, and Pat Thorman pointed this out to me, um, actually, like, in the middle of this research, that the Rams have really adjusted, not just to... Uh, in in recent weeks, but to match up. So they're throwing more than I think people might realize if you look at their um, season-long numbers. And then San Francisco, I, I do think that they're, they're playing the Saints this week, and I, I do wonder if people would look at that game and say San Francisco has ran so much recently that um, they could slow this game down and, and the Saints might not hit their ceiling. I looked at San Francisco 
they're up in plays or they have been up in plays all season. They've kept that up and they've also kept their pace up. So even though they're running a lot more, their pace isn't necessarily down. So um, I, I think maybe I won't go super heavy if I stack the Saints on running it back with the 49ers because they are running a lot, running it a lot. But I'm not necessarily going to avoid it just because they're keeping that pace up despite the high rush rates. So running back. Mm-hmm. On a different note, before we get into this, what the hell are we doing with Cam Akers this week? Just fade again? If, um, if Henderson's I, out? Yeah, I mean, if, if Henderson is out, I it's it's a mess again. Um, fade. If, if Henderson does play, I think he's a pretty interesting pivot or leverage play. Um, but, yeah, if he's not in there, it's, it's, it's a little ugly. So you got two rookies and a second-year running back here. Mm-hmm. Changes with running back workloads in the past month. You start with Buffalo. Yeah, Zach Moss, his is pretty subtle, but uh, I think it's important because there's so much scoring opportunity in this offense, and, and we'll cover that in a second. But basically, Zach Moss, he's out-snapped Devin Singletary in back-to-back weeks, and he missed games, so his – his overall numbers for the first half of the season are low, but he was the first two games only 46% and 40% of uh, of backfield touches. Three weeks ago, he saw half of the backfield touches for the first time all season. Last week, that number jumped all the way up to 69%. Now, take that with a grain of salt because Buffalo barely used their running backs against Seattle last week, but it's still a data point. He still out-touched Singletary by a big percentage. Not by a big raw number, but by a really big percentage. He's almost 70% of the backfield touches. So um, that that one really stood out to me. DeAndre Swift, he I keep calling him uh, the, this year's Miles Sanders. And this looks a lot like the train that we tried to jump on last year with Miles Sanders. DeAndre Swift, the first four weeks uh, of the season, only 24% of backfield touches over the last four games, 48% of backfield touches. He's seen his backfield touch there increase by almost 25%. Now, obviously, that raw number of 48% isn't going to excite you, um, but he has led their running backs in snaps for four straight weeks. Again, his snap share isn't going to excite you, but we want to be jumping on that train before it gets when once it's 70 percent we've already missed it right people are are going to be all over that and then tony pollard um only 15 percent of running back touches in the first half of the season over the last month 35 percent of running back touches so you're not going to do anything with that necessarily but that is a pretty big indictment on zeke's usage just uh you know he had what was it yards above expectation? He was doing well in, which was surprisingly. Is that Zeke? Was, yeah, but mm-hmm. it's it surprises me because Pollard just looks so much fresher, quicker, faster, everything. Yeah, I, th- I think just the I think the only thing we can really do with Dallas now that like now that Tony Pollard's getting a third of the work is they're they've been so bad that I think they're both probably like just unusable Zeke's. Even Zeke was supposed to be matchup proof because he was Dalvin Cook. He was Christian McCaffrey. He was a 95% backfield workload guy now in a bad offense. I mean, he's a spot starter in redraft leagues. Like, he doesn't have upside in tournaments, and he has a scary floor in cash games. <laughs> it's rough. So, so 
forget about Pollard this week, but Swift yeah. and Moss, you can do with that. Do do something with that info, smart guy. <laughs> um, Swift is interesting because he is a cheap pivot in a week where we're going to have super cheap chalk. Uh, we have Mike Davis and we have um, Duke Johnson. So they're interesting spots to pivot because I mentioned Mike Davis has a really tough matchup and Duke Johnson. We've seen Houston. We've seen David Johnson be bad in this spot. Not saying David Johnson's better, but we've seen Houston's running games struggle in general, even with the volume. So it's an interesting week to look for pivots off of these cheap guys. And obviously if there were other cheap guys that were going to get a ton of volume, they would be projected really high in value too. But again, we, we need to, we have to be chasing these running backs. You're going to lose money on these running back trends before they spike. It's not like wide receivers where, like, obviously there's a lot of variance, and if a wide receiver gets up to 25% touch share or target share, I'm sorry, he can still have a lot of bad games in a row. Once a running back gets 65 70% of the touches, it's, the, the, it's gone. The, the opportunity has gone. Everyone knows already. So we want to be the one that rosters Swift, that rosters Miles Sanders last year when he has his first game of 75% touch share. Once he gets that, he's going to be 30% next week. Um, So I want to take the chance on the DeAndre Swifts um, in spots where he is a leverage opportunity, in spots where the running back he's playing against, Antonio Gibson, is going to be very popular or, or could end up being very popular against Detroit's defense. But Swift, we're seeing him trend upwards in the workload. And then Zach Moss, he's not going to be Swift. He's not going to trend towards 70% of the workload. He's not going to be um, getting six, seven targets a game. But what Moss can give you is he can give you leverage in a game that's going to shoot out, in a game that people are going to be targeting through the air and he's going to give you two touchdown upside how do i know because he gave us two touchdowns two weeks ago he's going to get goal line work especially on a site like FanDuel. a zach moss can work a, a 5500 or whatever he is 5800 zach moss if he gets you 60 yards and falls in for two touchdowns in an offense that obviously is going to have a lot of touchdown upside that's tournament winning potential there if you get if you get 20 points from a one percent fifty five hundred dollar back that is how you that's tournament winning so um zach moss is is usable on FanDuel in tournaments this week wide receiver boy like we said so much in that middle tier mm-hmm. dj chark is the guy that i'm kind of on he got the 12 yeah. targets from luton we could yes. have a shootout and then you mentioned here is average depth of target my goodness yeah. 14.6 uh, what so besides for Chark and tell us more about Chark, but who are some of the other pass catchers that are trending up right now? Uh, Terry McLaurin. I mean, he's not trending up, but he for some reason he just doesn't get the pricing. He doesn't get the ownership. He he's. Did you already call him the Rodney Dangerfield? Did you call him that last week? If you didn't, we should call him that because he just doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Uh, or something like that. He just doesn't get the respect. He does not get scores the respect. Every week. I mean. He is the only wide receiver that has seen 20% of targets in every single game. Obviously, a couple receivers have got hurt. Obviously, uh, guys like Devontae didn't finish games that they started, but it doesn't matter. That's part of football. McLaurin's the only guy that has seen 20% of targets in every single game this year, and he just, I don't, for some reason, people are nervous about him. I get that 
he has all this these quarterback issues, it's obvious that it doesn't matter. Um, you mentioned DJ Chark. We've seen his. We saw Jacksonville start out uh, really spreading the ball around. Chark didn't start the season off like we expected to after dominating last year. Only 11% of the targets over the first uh, four games of the season, four games in five weeks. Over the last month, he's played three games. He's accounted for 31% of the Jaguars' targets. Of players with at least five targets, 11th highest average depth of target in the last four weeks. He's third in air yards, um, a share of air yards over the last month. This one I don't think is a secret, Jacoby Myers. Um, huge spike in usage, basically no usage before uh, three weeks ago. Over the last three weeks, 30% of the Patriots' targets, 53% of the Patriots' air yards. And then this one, I think, is really flying under under the radar. Sterling Shepard, uh, only 15% of targets and 11% of targets in the, in the first two games, didn't play for a month, then came back, 27%, 24%, 24%. Those are his last three games. He doesn't have a huge average depth of target like Darius Slayton, but he's doubling Darius Slayton's targets over the last three games. Sterling Shepard, 19th in targets per game over the last month. Mm. Week 10, GPPs. <clears throat> Excuse me, you like any of these guys? I do. Uh, yeah, Terry McLaurin, again, I, I think if if he keeps staying at like, whatever 7,000 or, or 6,500 on, on DK, whatever his price is at 10% ownership. If he's going to be like that every week, he's just going to be a guy that's in your player pool every week. If I'm getting Terry McLaurin at 10% every week, I'm not even looking at the matchup. I'm just playing him at this point. Um, DJ Chark is, as you said, that's the one I'm really looking at. He had the, the big uh, first or second play of the game and ended up with a really nice line last week, but he is probably going to still end up in fewer than 10% of lineups this week. He's in a really good bring back spot because the Packers are going to be very popular. Like we don't overweight. Yeah. Packers, their secondary has been playing good. Uh, DJ shark uh, might get shadowed, but if you're playing a tournament lineup, you're playing for the, the top 5%, the top 1% range of outcomes. So when Aaron Rodgers and that offense goes off, you want it to you want DJ Shark to go off with them, and he's the one that's most likely to do it. So he's going to be a great bring back. Uh, Jacoby Myers not on the main slate this week. I'm actually just kind of concerned about the, that offense overall because Cam still doesn't look like a good passer. They're still not throwing it a ton. They got guys coming back from injury, but we don't have to worry about the main slate this week. Sterling Shepard is the one that I think is really really interesting. Um, He's just kind of in this uh, this low to middle price tier that a lot of people aren't going to be looking at this week. So he isn't really going to be a pivot off of anybody popular. We're not going to have that many guys that are popular in the first place. But on DraftKings, if you have a guy that has 10 target potential at shoot maybe sub 5% ownership, I mean, that's going to be really interesting every week. I don't know how much touchdown upside he's going to have on, on FanDuel. On FanDuel, you at least want the chance at two touchdowns. On DraftKings, if if Shepard gets you seven for seventy five and looks into the end zone, all of a sudden you're sitting really pretty. Very nice, very nice. Uh-huh. I like it. Jacoby Myers too. That's really remarkable how he's just, you know, they they drafted Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers undrafted, right? He had the great mm-hmm. preseason a couple of years ago, and yep. now he's amazing. Yep. Yeah. All right, buddy. Um, Sign up right now. Promo code DFSMVP, 25% off the already 
discounted price of 49 bucks. Yeah. Uh, check us out on discord. Um, I know I said we do discord AMA every Saturday this week. We're going to try a Sunday morning, not because I like Sunday morning chats, but because my power is going to be out on Saturday. Uh, scheduled power outage. Oh, so, rolling no, blackout. So no, uh, no, um, no AMA on Saturday, but still use the promo code and get in our Discord because it's been really fun. And uh, I'll be there late night at the very least and Sunday morning. So uh, that that's been a great time for for me. I I think it's been a great time for the users. I don't want to speak for everybody, but people are talking about money they're winning. So I'm assuming that means they're having a good time. And of course, you can catch us on Twitter, Holden at Holden Radio. 444 is at 444 football. I'm at TJ Hernandez, and we will talk to you guys next week. I'm on my J-O. Come on. Bulls and hoping that the day goes slow. Wow. Got me like a friend. What confuses me, though, is kisses when we breathe. Tell me what's the deal, yo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now you caught my heart for the evening. Kiss my cheek, move in. You confuse things. Should I just sit out or come harder? Help me find my way. Ha, ha. Now you caught my heart for the evening. Kiss my cheek, move then you confuse things. Come on. Should I just sit out or come harder? Uh-huh. Help me find my way. Now why you wanna go and do that, love, huh?